Council 4 Unplugged podcast. I'm Larry Dorman of Council 4 AFSCME. We are proud to represent 30,000 working women and men across Connecticut. And our guest today is John Humphreys. John is the lead organizer for the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs. And John, we're happy to have you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the work of the Roundtable? Sure. So the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs uh, got launched in 2012 as a collaboration between the Connecticut AFL-CIO and the Interreligious Eco-Justice Network. And uh, just this uh, past year, we became our own uh, independent 501c3 nonprofit, so it's a big step for us. But our mission is building alliances among uh, these diverse constituencies uh, that understand the moral imperative to combat climate change, but to do it in ways that increase economic and environmental justice. And so as our, our name says, we uh, work with uh, these various constituencies that don't always agree with each other, uh, but to find common ground on areas where we can advocate for policies that both protect the climate and create good jobs here in Connecticut. And John, I know the Roundtable has partnered with labor unions and other organizations. Could you talk a little bit about the partnerships you're building? Sure. So, you know, our three primary constituencies are labor, religious groups, and environmental organizations. And so on the labor side, we work with uh, folks uh, as broad as the uh, Amalgamated Transit Union, the bus drivers, uh, transit uh, operators, uh, the carpenters, and other building trades. And uh, IBEW is one of our uh, affiliate groups. And then uh, actually the State Council of Machinists has been one of our most active groups. Uh, John Harity, who's the uh, retired uh, president of State Council of Machinists, is our uh, current board president. And then we work with state employees, both uh, AFSCME as well as uh, CSEA and uh, UAW Region 9A. Uh, so a broad range of uh, labor groups. And uh, then uh, on the environmental side, uh, we work closely with the Acadia Center, which is a, a policy shop. Um, and uh, then Eastern Connecticut Green Action and work closely with the Connecticut Fund for the Environment. On the religious side, as I mentioned, the Interreligious Eco-Justice Network uh, has been a big supporter of ours. Um, and uh, then we've got some specific uh, group, uh, congregations like the Unitarian Society of Hartford and the uh, Hartford uh, Quaker meeting, the Hartford Friends meeting that I'm part of. And our guest is John Humphreys from the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs. And John, how and why are you engaging organized labor in the campaign for a green economy? Yeah, so that is our specific uh, focus. I like to say in the, in the ecosystem of environmental groups here in the state uh, that our uh, niche is helping to bring labor to the table. And I think that part of it goes back to the, the history of uh, sort of this jobs versus environment divide right. um, that's uh, really a false uh, dichotomy, if you will. But um, in many of the traditional uh, environmental efforts over the last few decades, labor and environmental folks have been on opposite sides. 
And so part of my elevator speech is that I am seeking to uh, create as many opportunities for labor and environmental folks to stand on the same side of the street rather than throwing things at each other across the street. And I think that the reality that people are coming to understand is that uh, in terms of the climate crisis, we cannot solve it or win it uh, without labor. And I think the dialogue that we are trying to have uh, with labor is that it uh, that we can move beyond the jobs versus environment frame and that we can both protect the climate and create good jobs. And frankly, uh, f as someone that's done a variety of organizing over the last 25 years, uh, part of the reason we need labor is because labor understands the concepts of solidarity. They, we all have to stand together and we have to reach out to uh, other groups around us if we're going to uh, win, and also understands the concept of organizing. Uh, I've done a lot of work in um, environmental circles, and environmental groups don't always understand uh, the concept of organizing, uh, well, and just organizing. Right, right. And so that's something that labor brings to the, uh, the, the calculation and into this, this fight. So just to break that down a little further, uh, why should a union member um, be concerned about the environment, or why should a union member be supportive of what the roundtable is doing, if you don't mind my asking? Sure. Um, again, I think it goes back to our mission is to address climate change in ways that increase uh, economic and environmental justice, because we can do work on climate change in ways that uh, don't address some of the economic disparities that we already have in this country. But there are opportunities that if we work on climate change in appropriate ways, then we can create more local jobs. We can uh, create better and high quality jobs at the local level. In terms of your members specifically, uh, this past summer, the National AF, uh, AFSCME Convention uh, passed a resolution on climate change that recognized that public employees really are on the front lines of climate change in multiple ways. And if you think about uh, the impacts of climate change are largely tied to, uh, you know, disaster events, if you will. So here in the Northeast, we're seeing increased flooding. And uh, nationally, uh, you know, big hurricanes and wildfires. It's public employees that are on the front line as first responders to these. Um, the other thing that makes public employees on the front line and in the crosshairs for climate change is that uh, local, state, and federal government budgets are being squeezed because of having to address climate change. And so public employees are already under the gun, if you will, because of financial uh, crises and strapped budgets. But climate change is just going to make that worse. <clears throat> well said. And I want to get back to climate change in a second. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the activities um, the Roundtable has sponsored, been involved with, uh, that have also um, uh, brought union members into the fold? Sure. Uh, so I'll mention, you know, one of the biggest uh, things that we did a few years ago, 2015, we advocated for 
reinvigorating the state's climate change action planning process. Mm -hmm. And this was something that environmental groups had been pushing for, and really what made the difference is when we brought labor to the table um, and had this mix of voices uh, pushing on the administration, then Governor Malloy in 2015, uh, in April, established the new Governor's Council on Climate Change and appointed me as one of the 15 members uh, to represent the constituencies that we have as part of the roundtable. And after uh, three long years of work, last uh, January, the Governor's Council recommended a uh, more aggressive uh, interim target for emissions reduction for the year 2030. And then that prompted the state to also uh, establish a more aggressive target for uh, clean energy, uh, renewable energy by 2030. And then both of those new targets were enacted in legislation this past spring. Part of the way that that connects with uh, labor is that this past year and a half, we've been working with the building trades uh, specifically on uh, offshore wind. And as uh, some of your members may know, uh, Connecticut uh, is in the process of finalizing a contract for our first offshore wind uh, project, uh, which will uh, have some uh, focus on New London, uh, that New London is well suited as a, as a harbor. And so the uh, building trades, particularly in Southeast Connecticut, have been uh, very much working with us on this. And it's a real opportunity to bring economic development and clean energy and good jobs uh, to that region of Connecticut. Uh, well said. And I, I want to return to the, um, that interconnection, the nexus between uh, environmental deterioration and degradation in union jobs. Um, but I think we need a primer, and I would include myself in this. Could you talk us through what climate change actually means? Sure. Uh, folks will probably be familiar with the what terminology greenhouse effect, and essentially it just means that uh, if you think about the Earth as uh, the sun is shining on the Earth and putting heat in, uh, there's a certain amount of that heat that reflects back out into the atmosphere. And if you've got roughly, you know, equal amounts that are coming in and re being reflected out, then the climate, the, uh, the temperature of the Earth's atmosphere stays about the same. What happens is that when, as we have been pumping more carbon and carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, that creates essentially a blanket around the Earth so that the heat that comes in from the sun doesn't get back out. And so we're heating up the Earth's atmosphere which in turn is heating up the oceans, um, which in turn is uh, driving more forceful hurricanes and, and so forth. And so we really have to pay attention to the fact that uh, the way to address this is to reduce the amount of carbon that we're putting into the air, which comes primarily from the burning of fossil fuels. <clears throat> and so we really have to look at tr completely transforming the way uh, that our economy works and that we as individuals operate on a, on a daily basis. And so that means uh, here in Connecticut, as I mentioned, the Governor's Council made a recommendation and the legislature enacted a new target for uh, greenhouse gas emissions reduction. And 
uh, we now have uh, targets of reducing emissions by 45% by the year 2030 and 80% by the year 2050. In order to do that, we really have three major things we've got to do. One, we have to <coughs> uh, transform the electric grid so that our electricity comes primarily from renewable energy as opposed to fossil fuels. And then we've got to uh, make most of our transportation be electric, uh, which means electric vehicles and electric-powered uh, public transportation transit. And then the third thing is that we've got to trans, uh, transition our buildings and primarily heating uh, to be reliant uh, on electricity. And so getting away from oil and gas as a source of heat for buildings and move to things like efficient uh, heat pumps. And all of those transformations are going to take in investments of funds and also create tens of thousands of good jobs. And our guest here on Council 4 Unplugged is John Humphreys. He is the lead organizer for the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs. I'm Larry Dorman at Council 4. And, uh, John, a uh, couple questions before we close out. But I did want, we did mention our National Asthma Union passed a resolution this July at our 43rd convention. It's on our uh, website and along with the podcast uh, featuring John. And I just want to read a couple of the opening paragraphs of the resolution. Whereas climate change is perhaps as much an economic issue as it is an environmental issue and represents a dagger pointed at the heart of AFSME, because our very existence relies on the ability to negotiate good contracts tied to solvent, stable government budgets. And whereas local and state, local, state and federal budgets are already being adversely affected by extreme weather events tied to climate change manifestations. And whereas, and this is, I think, uh, a powerful statement and one I'm not accustomed to seeing from unions, whereas climate change chaos is poised to become perhaps the biggest job killer for all working people, yet remains largely unrecognized as such. So um, I'm certainly pleased that our national union recognized that, but that's, um, that's language I don't think I would have seen um, in the recent past. And it's a powerful statement. And I want to say it again for our listeners. Climate change chaos is poised to become perhaps the biggest job killer of all for working people. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to wrap your head around that. Absolutely. But yeah. obviously, you, I think you would agree. I would. And one of the things that I think is useful to talk about here in Connecticut specifically is that one of the impacts of climate change that we will face here is rising sea levels. And that's already happening. But because of the way the oceans work, uh, the eastern seaboard and the northeast are actually going to see higher levels of a sea level change than other other parts of the of the country, and so as part of the legislation passed this last spring, uh, we also saw a mandate now that coastal towns are required to uh, consider sea level rise up to 20 inches by the year 2050. And so one of the things to understand in terms of uh, municipal budgets is that that will have a dramatic impact on uh, local property values because uh, the, as sea level rises, flooding is going to increase and flood insurance is going to increase. And so we're looking at dramatic 
uh, impacts on property values, dramatic impacts on tax revenue. And so it's something that uh, local communities have to start planning for, and it's something that unions need to be at the table. That is a profound <laughs> challenge. Uh, in the time we have left, I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, Election Day is coming on Tuesday, November 6th. We're not here to talk about candidates. We are talking about the environment and climate change with John Humphreys. Uh, but your roundtable is urging voters to support something that's called the Transportation Revenue Lockbox Amendment. And I'm hoping you could explain what that is and why AFSCME members should consider supporting it when they go to the polls on November 6th. Sure. And so this is something that has uh, very broad-based uh, support, uh, bipartisan support in the legislature, as well as broad support in the public. And essentially, it's recognizing that our roads and bridges and transportation system in general uh, is deteriorating and has not had the level of investment that is needed. And part of that is because the legislature has raided uh, the special transportation fund to, to balance the budget over the last uh, 10 to 15 years. And so uh, in response to one of the recent raids, uh, the legislature passed uh, the language of a constitutional amendment in both 2015 and 2017 uh, that would create a lockbox that essentially says all monies that go into the special transportation fund have to be used uh, for transportation purposes. And so because it passed the legislature two sessions in a row, now it's on the uh, ballot as a referendum constitutional amendment. And so it's an opportunity for voters to say, yes, we want to protect transportation funds so that we have uh, the ability to invest in uh, fixing our bridges and our roads. At the moment, up to 300 of our bridges across the state are designated as being in poor condition. Mm. Um, and similarly, 40% of our roads and highways are in, in poor condition. And then from our perspective with the roundtable, we also want to make sure that we're protecting and expanding uh, funding for public transit, uh, because that will be a key aspect of bringing down emissions for uh, transportation, which is the largest source of uh, greenhouse gas emissions here in Connecticut. You are doing some really amazing and important work. Um, we're about out of time, but I did want to offer you the chance of John Humphreys at the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs. Uh, tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get involved, where they can learn more about what your organization is doing. Sure. Uh, we have a website, which is ctclimateandjobs.org. And uh, then we've also got uh, social media. So Facebook is uh, CT Climate and Jobs. And then Twitter and Instagram is just CT Climate Jobs. Um, and we have a, a new communications coordinator that's uh, helping us to expand all of these uh, opportunities to uh, be in contact with us. And so we're eager to share 
events and information that other groups are doing, as well as uh, make sure that folks are plugged into and aware of the campaigns that we're working on. I want to thank our guest today. He was John Humphreys, lead organizer for the Connecticut Roundtable on Climate and Jobs. And I'm Larry Dorman of Council 4. You've been listening to our Council 4 Unplugged podcast. You can find us on the web at Council 4, that's numeral4.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you type in the keywords Council 4 AFSCME, A-F-S-C-M-E. Thank you so much for listening to Council 4 Unplugged, and we'll be back soon. 